food. So we'll take a we'll, we'll take a bottle of pills that actually that are nothing but ripoffs from the rabbit food that we say, but we won't actually eat it in its whole natural form. When if we would eat the blood pressure lowering medicine, the anti-diabetic medicine, the anti-cancer medicine, if we would eat it in its natural form. I mean, then we would get all the benefits without none of these side effects um, that we get with the with these poisonous pharmaceuticals. What if I told you that you had the power to change your life today just by choosing what you will eat next? Welcome to the podcast, Eat Your Best Life, where together through interviews and conversations, we dig deep into the power of plant-based nutrition and other lifestyle changes in enhancing your life both physically and spiritually. If you are ready to level up concerning your health, then this is the show for you. I am your host, Cersei Blue. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Eat Your Best Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Cersei Blue, aka The Faithful Vegan. It's Heart Health Month, everyone. So I'm going to be bombarding you with health, heart health information this month. And I also want to show you some love by gifting someone with the life-changing book, The End of Heart Disease by Joel Furman. And I'm also going to be giving away a book by the Minister of Wellness. So all you have to do is join the private Facebook group, Eat Your Best Life, and comment on all of the posts that I'm going to be putting in there about heart health during the month of February. And what I'm going to do is gather all those names and put your name into a drawing. So trust me, these books you will not regret reading. Also remember, I do hang out on Instagram, thefaithful.vegan and Facebook, The Faithful Vegan. And don't forget to subscribe and write a review regarding this podcast. It helps us to reach the masses. So let's jump into the episode for today. I had a sobering conversation with Nathaniel Jordan, the Minister of Wellness. He is a keynote health and wellness speaker that travels the country teaching and preaching on the benefits of eating a whole food plant-based diet. He is a student of Dr. Joel Furman and is a recognized health and strength coach. Through an amazing transformation of his own, he has inspired many across the nation to take a closer look at their health. In this episode, he speaks candidly about our addiction to food. He doesn't sugarcoat the truth. No pun intended there. You are going to love this episode, but I will warn you that you will be challenged to be better concerning your health. It is a must listen and a must share. There were some slight difficulties with the sound and I had to cut the very ending, but I do fill you in on what was missed. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the remarkable Nathaniel Jordan, the Minister of Wellness. Hi, Nathaniel. How are you? I'm doing good, sister. It's an honor to be here with you. 
First of all, I would like to say it's an honor to have you on the show today. I believe that anyone who is struggling with consuming the standard American diet needs to hear your sobering message. I understand that you're a student of Joel Furman, and if anyone is familiar with his research and work, it's tried and true. So can you tell us the story behind your passion? How did you become the Minister of Wellness? Yeah, so I grew born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. My father uh, was a pastor, and uh, we grew up on a very poor diet. And I had a lot of health issues growing up. And I started to learn somewhat the connection between what we were eating and poor health growing up. Uh, I went to the Marines right out of high school. Uh, Then uh, when I was in the Marines, I was on the boxing team. I was 165 pounds. Towards the end of my time on the Marines, I started to gain weight. Uh, Then I exited the Marines. I became a police officer, uh, St. Louis City Police Department, and I got up to 260. And my father, he started to have strokes right at the age of 58. And then my uncles, his brothers, they started to have strokes and heart attacks. Uh, Well, when my blood pressure became high, I was terrified. I knew it was time to change. So I started to make, uh, started to take steps in the right direction. Uh, but I was using an incorrect diet, uh, to do that. So I lost a lot of weight, made it all the way back down, but I started, but I still from eating too much animal protein was having some issues with my heart in the form of blood pressure, cholesterol, triglycerides, enlargement. Uh, so it wasn't until I came across as my father continued, his health continued to spiral out of control. I came across uh, the work of uh, great medical doctors, such as uh, primarily Dr. Joel Furman in uh, his book, uh, classic book, Eat to Live, which I've read about 10 times. And the information, uh, I, everything that I thought I knew about nutrition uh, was, was destroyed. Uh, that I need meat for protein, uh, dairy for strong bones. Uh, that I mean, the, the direct correlation between what we eat and disease. And I found my passion and I reversed my heart disease, all of my conditions. Because um, I, I, at that point, I gained about 30, 40 of my pounds back and I lost all of that. Got back uh, ripped, more ripped and lean and in shape than I've ever been. Uh, I was unable to to, uh, to convince my father to change. I did convince my mother. I was unable to convince my father. And in two, October 2015, uh, 15th, uh, at the age of 66, he had his ninth and final stroke that killed him. And uh, it was right shortly after that, uh, I left the police department. And, uh, and the Lord called me to become the minister of wellness. And ever since that time, uh, June 3rd, 2016, uh, official, my official exit date. Uh, I had left several months before then, but my official exit date uh, from the payroll of St. Louis City Police Department, June the 3rd, 2016, and I've been doing this ever since. I know I hear you speak a lot about the fact that we are what we eat. Um, the number one cause of death in this country is heart disease. Um, And as you may know, that this month, February, is Heart Health Month. What role does eating the standard American diet have on the major chronic health issues that people are facing today? And what should we be eating to combat that? I did not know that February. I thought 
I know May is stroke month, so that's interesting. Yeah, heart health. And and this is the month where everybody falls off of their New Year's resolutions because we have Valentine's Day uh, coming up, which is symbolized by the heart. But uh, by Valentine's Day, what most people, Valentine's Day is like a mini version of Halloween, uh, where people just eat a whole bunch of candy and and destructive uh, foods for their health. So, I mean, you you know, I always say that we couldn't have designed a better diet to create chronic illness than if we paid the devil himself to do it. Uh, and so I, I was explaining to a brother earlier that I was health coaching about heart disease, which is the number one killer of all human beings on the ho- in the whole world. Um, and so we at the stroke of midnight, uh, almost 2000 Americans die. Uh, from heart disease and stroke. And then if you break that down by ethnic group, you're looking at about 300 black people that die every single day from a disease that's not 90% preventable and reversible, not even 95, not even 96, 100% preventable and even reversible through nutritional excellence. So anytime that someone has a heart attack or a stroke, it is an absolute tragedy. And the way that, um, and, and the way that, that the people are uh, being the direction that people are being led about how to uh, treat it once they have a heart a heart attack, uh, it's a crime against humanity. So everything about the standard American diet is a fake food system. It's it's just a it's a drug binge, and that's why we're it's created to make addicts. And once you're addicted, that makes them money because you're going to keep coming back even if it kills you. So that's money. Then you're going to become sick Then you're going to get over to the pharmaceutical industry. So it's all about money. Uh, now, the specifics of it, because with heart disease, it's two things. It's the arteries themselves, the blood vessels or the highway for the blood. The blood is the vehicle. The arteries are the highway. Those are the lanes that the vehicle travels through. However, the, the lanes need to be wide enough so you can drive and let's say you, you got a Rolls Royce and you speeding 20, 200 miles per hour to get to where you need to go. Well, that's what's going on in our bodies. Our heart is pumping out that blood and that blood needs to uh, stay thin so it can fly through the blood vessels to get the nutrients to where they need. But when you're eating foods that don't provide the arteries with the medicines that they need to stay elastic, they start they become stiff. And when they become stiff and dehydrated, they start to close in on you. So the lanes you're driving in your Rolls Royce and then the lanes start to close in on you. So you got to slow down. okay? and that's what happens in the blood. And that's why the heart has to overwork to pump the blood out. Then the blood itself, the vehicle becomes thick. So the Rolls Royce turns into a semi truck. So now you're trying to squeeze a semi truck to these these narrowing lanes and then all of a sudden you get a traffic jam and then the traffic jam and, the, and, and that's what's called the, the blood clots. And then the blood clots break off uh, and, and, and completely block flow. And that's when you have your heart attacks and strokes. Now, what causes all of that? Well, it's the diet is what we're what causes the trap, the thickening of the blood, the dehydrating of the blood vessels, the damage of the endothelium. Well, uh, the disease animals we're eating. Uh, we're eating animals that are being fed the dead body parts of other animals. Uh, they're being raised in horrendous, uh, horrendous conditions. No one would eat meat if they saw where that meat was coming from, but we're detached from it. 
then we and then we consume the, the salts, the sugar, the myriad of chemicals. Uh, that that entire diet it it destroys us from the inside out. Where uh, when we should it should be the opposite. We want to flip it, and then you can reverse the heart disease. So we want to eat foods that have medicines, but we're detached from that. So we call uh, we call the food we're supposed to be eating we call it rabbit food, and and that's the insanity uh, that we're under. That people uh, you tell them that we're we're so crazy in this nation that we take these fake pills that come from the plants that we reject as being rabbit food. So we'll take a, we'll, we'll take a bottle of pills that actually that are nothing but rip offs from the rabbit food that we say, but we won't actually eat it in this whole natural form. When, if we would eat the blood pressure lowering medicine, the anti-diabetic medicine, the anti-cancer medicine, if we would eat it in this natural form, I mean, then we would get all the benefits without none of these side effects um, that we get with the with these poisonous pharmaceuticals. Isn't it true that the standard American diet is designed to keep us addicted? I know you spoke a lot about that. I say this because even after we have the knowledge of what these foods are doing to our health, we still find it difficult to pull away. So you could you talk a little bit about that addiction? Components of food addiction, and that was the basis of the lecture that I did uh, when I traveled the nation in January. I really focused on the 12 components of food addiction. And, and I do want to encourage people before I uh, dive into a few of them that my full lecture on the 12 components of food addiction is available on my YouTube channel, The Minister of yes. Wellness. Uh, yes. The full lecture that I did at New Life Temple Church in uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, but the, so, and then I have a whole separate playlist where I go into even more detail into each of the 12 components. But uh, the, the first one is what my father couldn't even break past, and that's the pleasure trap. Uh, that's the first component of food addiction, and the the pleasure trap is the fact that again, these are drug foods. These are they take the whole plants that God created and they remove the medicines and the fiber from it. Because whenever you take a whole plant and you remove the medicines and the fiber, you turn it into a drug. That's where all drugs come from. They come from plants. Nothing just comes out of the air. So opioids, heroin, crack cocaine, painkillers, all of these drugs that people are addicted to, they are plants devoid of their medicine, medicines and their fiber. That's how you make something addicting. Because when something has fiber in it, the body can absorb it slowly and you won't get the rush of sugar and chemicals that creates that pleasure. And But the junk foods, they in knowing this, that's why these foods have no medicinal value. That's why they have no nutrition. That's why they're empty calories, because that induces addiction. And we're and that's the pleasure trap. And, and, we, and so we, we have what we have. People are willing to die rather than give up. They're, they're junk foods. It, it is trying to convince someone to give up the standard American diet. It can be akin to trying to tell somebody to change their religion. You know, and we all know that the two most divisive things that you can discuss with somebody 
is religion and politics. Well, you can add food up there, too. You can add food up there, too, because that's how much it is a part of who we are. And in this nation, everybody's a food addict. Everybody's a food addict. And that's the one unit that people are more unified in this nation on eating themselves to death than they are on religion. You can find people to argue about, you know, uh, Christian versus Muslim or Muslim versus this or this versus this. But let me tell you something. All of those groups come together when it comes to eating themselves to death. That that's when that's when you see the one the one common the one common unifier, right? Which yeah. is why on on my channel and on my social media pages, the Minister of Wellness, Facebook, Instagram, so forth. Yeah. I I I don't allow any of that divisiveness because I say my social media pages are for us to come together under the banner of health. I can be healthy. I will be healthy. I must be healthy because this is an issue uh, to where, you know, you can feel like you're walking a lonely path. Yes, very true. Yeah, there's, yeah, and that's the fifth component of food addiction, social normalcy. So um, that's one of the pleasure trap is huge. And then you have social normalcy. That's big. People don't have, uh, there's no outlet for this stuff. I mean, we get addicted on the stuff that's killing us. And then if you want to get out, there's no type of rehab. Uh, that you can go to, you know, there's no rehab, uh, you, your family fight you, your church fight you, your friends fight you. And and it can be a lonely, a lonely path, which is why I try to provide uh, a support system and why I'm very, very defensive of uh, who I allow to come within and, and the comments and stuff that's posted on my social media so that I can make sure that uh, that despite our differences that everyone is able to come together under the banner of trying to help each other get off the death train because this is hard. Uh, no it matter is, what, you know, right. No matter what country or, or what you believe or whatever, this, this is a beast right here uh, that's affecting the whole world. 20,000 people die every day from cancer worldwide. Wow. And the truth of the matter is that we're bombarded by this, right? We turn on the television, there's advertising, we check out at the supermarket, um, and there's all of these uh, processed food and fake foods there, just, you know, fighting for our attention. And so I know you said that you know, getting a support group, building community is one way to kind of combat that. But on another note, um, what are your thoughts on the detoxing process? Because I know that when I started to wean off of processed food and sugar and oils, there's that period where you feel like things are getting worse rather than getting better. And I think the danger in that is that sometimes people give up during that beginning stages of the detox process um, and they don't give it enough time to see um, the great results that are going to happen at the other side. So what advice would you give someone who is in that beginning phase, who um, you know, maybe feeling the effects of the detox and what would be your encouragement during that process to stay the course um, and, and to st- stick it out for the benefits. It just, it takes courage to win. It takes courage to be successful. It takes courage uh, to go where you've never been before. It takes courage to be different. 
Uh, so if you don't have courage and if you care more about what people think about you than the purpose and the mission uh, that God has given you to accomplish, uh, then you're not going to make it. Uh, so many people are, uh, are fat and sick because everybody else around them is fat and sick and they're too scared uh, to break the mold, to be different, uh, to be who they are inwardly, outwardly. Uh, so that that's you, you, you're going to have to have a dogged determination and nothing else I, I say is going to matter if you're afraid of being different and going against the grain. Are you afraid to be the fish that swims upstream when everyone else is, is swimming downstream? Are you afraid uh, to walk the narrow path when everybody else is on the broad path? You know, this is this thing is no joke. I mean, uh, the vast majority of Americans, thousands of people in this nation die every day, unfortunately. And 99 percent of those deaths are from chronic disease. Uh, and then we have a high rate of suicide in this nation because one in five Americans are mentally ill. And that's according to the American Psychiatric. I mean, that yeah, one in five Americans are popping pills for depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Okay, so this is normal. This is who we are as a nation. So here I come along and I'm telling you to do that. You have to be completely opposite. That can cause a lot of stress. That can cause a lot of turmoil. I know there are several studies out there that link what we eat to our learning abilities, specifically school age children, mental health and the level of aggression um, that we possibly can have. So can you touch a bit on that? Yeah, oh yeah. I have a, I have a DVD, um, genocide by diet, how junk food is creating an epidemic of mental illness and violence in America. Uh, now for those yes. uh, who can't uh, purchase the DVD uh, through my website, I have it. Um, if you search for genocide by diet in YouTube, uh, you will come up. Uh, I have the video was posted on Roland Martin's uh, YouTube channel. Yes, yes, and I'll post a link to all of that in the in the episode notes. Yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah, he, he has one hundred and eighty six thousand views. Yes. Because he came out in live stream, but I did it. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the most serious lecture that I give. Uh, that we are we are grossly underestimating the role of nutrition or mental function. And our brain is a computer that controls our behavior and our brain is controlled by what we eat. The brain is fueled by phytonutrients and we're not eating the nutrients that enables the brain to work properly. As a matter of fact, uh, eating this fried food, high sugar diet, we actually inhibit certain key hormones that control behavior from working, glutamine, uh, taurine, melatonin, vitamin B6, uh, glycine, these are iron, vitamin, these are nutrients that control depression, aggressive behavior, suicidal tendencies, homicidal tendencies, nervous breakdowns, mental, all of these things are controlled by certain hormones and nutrients that are depleted uh, through this junk food diet we're consuming it's a big it's causing a myriad of social ills but people are so addicted you know they'll laugh at you you they don't want to accept these things and what i'm talking about uh, has been known for decades it's been known it's been proven it's been shown 
You can go into prisons with violent uh, prisoners and you simply make a few adjustments in how they feed their brain and you can drastically improve their behavior. And then if you teach them some life tools, uh, you can almost completely reduce this recidivism rate. Um, they, they've gone into high schools for troubled youth and experiment on what happens if we stop letting these kids eat sugar. And they've seen drastic improvements just by diet. It's very, very clear. Um, but, you know, you'd have to destroy the junk food industry. And, um, you know, they're they not going to go down without a fight because you're talking about billions of dollars at stake. It reminds me of the smoking industry. Um, when we look back and we see how long it took for the public to be aware that smoking caused cancer. And I know a lot of it had to do with the doctors were smoking and everyone was smoking. And so everyone was tied up with the industry. And so just to reiterate what you're saying, this is why it's so important that we take charge of our health because really we can't wait for science to catch up. I, I know it took years and years before um, science actually released the knowledge that they already had to the public. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, scientists, but yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, science yeah, is for sale. I mean, so yeah, if you're waiting for, yeah, if you're waiting for um, scientific study, then you, you're you going to be on the death train for a long time because science is, it, most of it is a joke. I mean, science is, 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 man, is man. I mean, it's greedy men. In control and they have their careers at stake. So if they're working, uh, I mean, the junk food industry can hire scientists that are refute everything another scientist say. They have scientists saying uh, that drinking soda is safe. They have scientists that have come out with scientific studies telling you, you know, that soda is good for the brain, that it helps brain health, that uh, there's scientific studies out there showing that a carnivore diet reverses cancer. I mean, there's all sorts of stupid stuff. Uh, under the guise of cancer. I mean, science changes every day, but uh, one thing that does not and will not change is the righteous standards of the most high. Uh, and so that's why, you know, his standards of eating and living is what I teach and what I represent. And that's all. And that's something that won't change. Genesis 129 is not going to change the Daniel fast, the benefits that he achieved when he stuck to a whole food plant-rich diet. That's not going to change. Um, and, and many people, all you have to do is try it. All you have to do is do it. And of course, that's a popular thing in the church now is that every January, yes. we have a lot of churches where they go into Daniel fast and they diseases get reversed. They get off all these toxic poisons. Well, why in the heck if you see all of these great benefits by February yeah, 1st, you fall. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I actually started out with a Daniel fast myself. I did a Daniel fast. I didn't know anything about plant-based, anything. But the thing is, is when I did the Daniel fast and I saw that my blood pressure reversed, I lost weight. I was like, what is this? I never turned back. And I think, where, where do you think the lack, the, the lack is in the church where there's just this disconnect between our spirituality and our health? And how do we start to connect those dots again? Because we do it for 30 days. We feel great. We're reversing things. And then we just go right back. Um, and we somehow haven't made that connection. Because we're addicts like everybody else. That's why. Yeah, everybody's at, right. It, it's all about the addiction. Everybody's an addict. You know, whether, whether they're in the church, out of the church, whether 
Uh, I mean, it's it's the addiction. It's, this is a pandemic that crosses the whole world. We have an epidemic of we have an epidemic of diabetes in China right now. You know, right. The, the leading cause of death in Mexico is diabetes. You know, the third the third leading cause as poor of a doggone nation as Haiti is. How is it that they third leading cause of death is stroke? You know, so then so it, it's it, yeah yeah. It's crazy because I think everyone's adopting the standard American diet as the ideal because when China was eating their own natural way, they were leading the way in health. And so many of these other countries, and then now these countries are saying, hey, let's take the standard American diet, but it's not the diet to take. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. And and with uh, and, and it is unfortunate with like with my father again, my father being a pastor and a very uh, religious, religious man and. Uh, he will religiously pray over his food because uh, we're taught that, you know, as long as you pray over the food, that God will bless the food to be nutritious to your body. Uh, but it didn't work and it's not working. Uh, we have uh, people uh, right there. Uh, the, the church has a reputation for being a place where you can find the most overweight, sickliest people. Uh, it's not so. So obviously uh, that ideal uh, is not working, and it does, and it doesn't make sense because uh, you can't just sit there and eat whatever you want to eat, and then as long as you pray over, no, that that faith without works is dead, and the works that we have to do is that we have to eat and drink to the glory of God, uh, is First Corinthians ten thirty one, which is actually my favorite health scripture uh, in the Bible, uh, because if we all did that, and I'm and I'm talking about myself too, if we all did that. If yeah, everything all in the struggle here. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Yeah. So I'm not saying that from a high horse as if, you know, everything that I put in my mouth is for the glory of the most high. Because if it was, mm. you know, yeah. I'd, be, I'd still be 160 pounds like I was when I first lost, you know, all my weight and I was built like a statue. You know, because back because I did for for a long stretch of time. I, I did. I was very uh strict in that and you know, and I was in incredible shape. 20 times better shape uh, than, than even what I am now. And so I'm, I'm trying to get uh, back to that and hold myself uh, to, to that, uh, to that standard. And that's, that's what we uh, have to get back to, but that's what it is. You know, you know, we uh, people, we, we food addicts, even in the body of Christ. And unfortunately we, uh, my job is to awaken us to the fact that uh, we must uh, summons uh, I mean, all these motivational scriptures that we use. I mean, doggone it, we got to use it when it comes to our health. Right. And then we have to be able to put the work in. Can't just sit there and, you know, you're healing, you're a miracle. You, you want a miracle? Let me tell you something. Mushrooms contain a met, two different distinct medicines. Mushroom. Here's your miracle right here. The mushroom, God put a medicine in mushroom called angiogenesis inhibitor. Okay, that means that as the tumor develops, before it can gain the strength to spread, it has to develop its own blood supply. Tumor, cancer tumors have their own circulatory system. That's called angiogenesis. But God put a medicine in mushrooms that shuts off that blood supply so the tumor cannot grow. That is a miracle. And then, and then it contains a second medicine called an aromatase inhibitor. There's the only other food that contains aromatase inhibitors are pomegranates. Now, aromatase inhibitors are important because they keep estrogen 
at a at a uh, they keep estrogen from getting too high. And we know that at high level estrogen, it does damage to men and women, you know, breast cancer, prostate cancer and, and so forth. So the mushrooms help to keep your hormones balanced. So, I mean, if, if you want a miracle, if you're praying for healing for your diabetes, eat the medicine foods of God for 20 days and watch that miracle take your diabetes away. That's your miracle. Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, we look at food and we don't see it for the miracle that it is hiding in plain sight. So can you tell us a little bit more? Because I think a lot of times, I think we're hearing, okay, what we shouldn't eat. But what should we eat? You mentioned mushrooms. What other, give us another few things of what should we be eating to prevent chronic disease and prevent cancer and to increase our longevity? The G-bombs, that's the acronym I always uh, talk about. Greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. Our immune system special for each of those foods have powerful uh, anti-cancer, anti-diabetic, anti-heart disease medicines in them. You got green vegetables, especially we want to focus on a special class of green vegetables called cruciferous vegetables. That's kale, bok choy, cabbage, arugula, watercress, Brussels sprouts. Um, they contain uh, isothiocyanates. It's, 100 and, it's 120 different isothiocyanates. They locate cancer cells and they, uh, they're able to halt them. Uh, they're able to, you know, to freeze them. They stop them from developing. Uh, and then the numerous other medicines in green vegetables that help to protect heart health. Uh, beans contain inositol pentakis uh, phosphate. That's a 26-letter long medicine. I always like to say that one because it makes me look a lot smarter than what I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a and, and it's very powerful. Beans, of course, have uh, insoluble fiber resistant starch that breaks down in the body and helps support the growth of good, healthy gut bacteria, which is linked to every single component of health in our bodies. Uh, It turns into essential fatty acids in the body. Uh, So resistant starch is a medicine. Uh, Fiber itself is a medicine that sweeps away toxins in the colon. So regular consumption of beans uh, keeps your blood thin. Even the American Heart Association uh, notes the dramatic reduction in death from heart disease from consuming beans on a regular basis. Uh, then we have onions, uh, organosulfur compounds. Uh, that's a medicine in onions. When you chop up uh, that onion real finely and it tears you up, that's a medicine being formed that God put in onions uh, that destroys cancer cells. They work with the isothiocyanides. That's why uh, it is foolish to eat a salad without onions in it. You, know, you want a large salad, finely chopped, and you want to always add onions to your salad because the ITCs work with the organosulfate compounds. Uh, then we have a, just talked about mushrooms and berries, uh, berries, the flavonoids, the antioxidants, uh, the numerous other uh, medicines and berries, which are very important for brain health, uh, the good sugar that our brain needs to run off of. Uh, and then they're very heart healthy, natural high blood pressure medicine uh, is in 
uh, berries, cherries, strawberries, blueberries, and so forth. Uh, then, of course, seeds, the uh, medicine and flax seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds, or lignans. Uh, and lignans um, destroy cancer cells. They create apoptosis uh, in cancer cells. Uh, very powerful medicine food uh, and loaded with fiber. Uh, so we want to build our diet off of these six foods. And uh, we do that with uh, the recipes. That's why I sell. Uh, that's why I have the online store with all the books that I sell that have the recipes so that now you know you should be eating G-bombs and you take the G-bombs, you build uh, the rest of the plants on top of the G-bombs and then uh, just about your recipes then, you know, what, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner, smoothies, uh, hot cereals uh, such as oatmeal, steel cut oats, salads, homemade salad dressings. Uh, soups, pasta, vegetable pasta dishes, and so forth, and desserts also. You can make desserts um, eating to live also. It takes some time for the taste to change because our taste buds have been sabotaged by this industry of sorcery. Uh, but once once your taste, um, uh, once you, your taste buds readjust, and then that combined with how great you feel, uh, it's a win-win situation. And how long does it take the taste buds on average to kind of adapt? I would say it, well, it takes 15 times to eat a, a new food to develop a taste for it. So if you go real strict for six weeks, uh, six-week time period, you, you can really, really uh, do some good changing your taste buds and so forth. So I know some people that may be listening and they would say, but what about if I'm eating organic, grass-fed you know, animals? How does, what role does that play in the diet and our health? Well, it's not going to help your health at all. Uh, there's nothing in it that's going to help you. Um, nothing. But if, if, if so, the question is, okay, if I'm so addicted to meat and I want some meat, uh, well, of course, you know, as the minister of well, I cannot uh, command anybody not to eat any meat. You know, I can't do that. You know, so I always tell people that's your choice. You know, if you want to sit there and you want to, you know, spend twenty dollars a pound on some kosher halal and all these certifications you got to meet to make sure that your chicken wasn't uh, raised eating a bunch of feces and the dead body parts of other animals. If you want to go through all that headache just to eat some flesh, uh, go right ahead, but don't lie to yourself and act like it's giving you some type of health benefits. Cause you know, it's not, that's why you keep it. That's why you keep it in small amounts. And that's what I told this. Yeah. And that's what I tell people, people, you know, you, you have to keep it to small. Why you got to keep it in small amounts. If it's so good for you, just eat a whole bunch of, it. go ahead. But you already know that it's not healthy to eat a whole bunch of meat. So your diet is going to be already plant rich. Why even have it in there at all? What benefit is it? It's no benefit. You just don't think that you can live without it. And like I said, and that's fine if that's what you believe. But um, again, don't, you know, don't expect it to give you any health benefits. Okay, because I guess what you're saying is that the meat has absolutely no nutrients in it, no fiber, no vital chemicals, nothing. Yeah, it's just yeah. empty calories. It's just a bunch of the only reason why the only myth that people still try to hang on to is that they need it for protein 
and vitamin uh, protein. That's a lie. You get protein originates from green vegetables. That's that's an absolute fallacy. Um, if we needed protein to survive, uh, then the most high didn't know what he was doing uh, in Genesis 129. We started off on a plant-rich diet. Uh, so, the, you know, you don't, if you want to feel, if you want to be as strong as a buffalo, then you eat like the buffalo. Don't eat the buffalo. Wow. Oh, that's how it does. There. <laughs> that's a good one there. <laughs> you have given us so many gems concerning our health. Is there any final words of wisdom that you wanted to give the audience to encourage them to continue the fight for their health? Well, knowledge is power. Uh, we want to, it has to be a, a second religion if you want to get off the death train. So you have God, family, and health. Uh, and if it, if you lower health down from third place, then you're not going to make it. You have to be vigilant in this quest for excellent health. So I have over 500 videos on my YouTube channel, The Minister of Wellness. Um, I have playlists, The Power of the G-Bombs, uh, The 12 Components of Food Addiction, The Fundamentals of Eating to Live. Uh, proper supplementation is important. Uh, but we want to make sure no nutritional deficiencies exist and we can't get everything anymore because our environment and soil and so forth is not the same uh, like it was. And it's not and it's not going to be the same until the most high returns. So uh, believing that we're going to go back uh, to the Garden of Eden. That's a pipe dream. Uh, so we have to, uh, we're eating, we have to eat a survival diet. Uh, every calorie counts. Uh, there's no such thing as moderation. And um, so, yeah, and, and again, finding, just stay in the knowledge, find the support, uh, find a support system, and then, you know, help me come to your city so I can yeah. hear me speak live. Because uh, that's yes. How can someone have you come and speak live at their church or community organization? Uh, just be as detailed as possible that, hey, I'm a representative of this church and I would like uh, you to come speak. Now, the, the best way to do that, uh, of course, uh, when it's through a uh, church or organization, you want to go to the leader of that organization. Now, with churches that I mostly speak in, that would be the senior pastor. Uh, so if you're not the senior pastor, of course, it's going to have to go through uh, his approval or if the church is large whoever he has designated for that which will be another pastor so it would have to be them uh, and if they are interested if, once you share with them my website my videos uh, and they are interested uh, then they would reach out to me through my website and I'll get in contact with them and I work with all uh, budget levels as long as we're uh, both being reasonable and beneficial for each other uh, there's no reason why uh, if you're if you're a pastor uh, of your church or a leader of another organization. Hey, if, if they view my website, the minister of wellness dot com, you show them my biblical health sermon and they're ready uh, and they reach out to me. We're going to make it happen. And that's why I'm in uh, life ticket uh, church. I'll be doing the biblical health sermon for their uh, Sunday morning service, Sunday, March 1st in Herndon, Virginia, uh, because the pastor, uh, he, yeah, he came across my video and he reached out to me and we making it happen. So that, that's how it has to be with, uh, the church. It has, yeah, it has to be the approval of the pastor, some or the other pastor that he designated that authority to. And so we're, 
where else are you speaking this year for those who may be in your city and may want to attend? Well, so I have, so again, so March 1st, we got Herndon, Virginia, then March 7th, the following weekend, Shelby County, North Carolina. Now that's a health fair. Uh, but again, the yeah, that's uh, hosted by a, a small nonprofit organization. And uh, the brother reached out to me, so it's March 7th, then uh, later in March uh, the 24th, I have uh, the American Culinary uh, Federation, ACF, Nashville, Tennessee, their regional conference. I'll be a workshop presenter uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. So I have a couple of dates open in March if anyone is interested. And then uh, April, I have a sister trying to uh, get me to uh, do an event in uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia specifically. Uh, then May 11th and 12th, Chicago Fashion Week. Um, I'll be I'll be there in Chicago. Then June, I'll be speaking at a men's health fair in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and then there's a sister trying to bring me into Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. So again, you know, those are, that's what's definitive. And uh, can't wait. To, yeah, anybody else? Just again, uh, reach out to me so we can make it happen. Sir Wellness, the minister of wellness.com books, DVDs, high quality uh, supplements. I am a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, so I do appreciate everyone's uh, love and support. I have a lot of success stories and a lot of those people wouldn't have been reached uh, without the generosity of uh, those that I've helped in the past uh, helping me to promote the information. Hey everyone, so I had to end the interview there because of the sound, but like I promised, I just wanted to give you what you missed. So Nathaniel Jordan discussed a success story that he had with a 13-year-old, Isaac Abraham, who lost 52 pounds in four months by following the Plant Strong diet that he recommends. Um, we also talked a little bit about the questions that I have every guest answer at the end of the episodes, which is, what are your top three plant-strong foods? And he said a large salad with a homemade dressing. Um, he also said bean dishes like enchiladas. And the third one for him was berries. And then the last question that I asked him was, what are three things that you would put in your picnic basket of health to ensure that people will eat their best life? And he he said it is the G-bombs, which is greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time. You've been listening to the Eat Your Best Life, the podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. Until next time, thank you for listening.